Blog Talk Radio. tuning in tonight on this sweltering June Monday. There's all the hot action going on in the world of pro wrestling, and uh, we're going to be all over the place tonight, so we're going to try and dissect things and look at, like, the the landscape uh, of the pro wrestling scene tonight. It's going to be a real interesting show. Glad you guys are on board. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. You can check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head over there, like us, get involved on the chat. Later on during Monday Night Raw, we'll have a chat going on the page as well. Get your friends over there. You know, our next our next plateau, our next milestone in likes is, is 500. We're, we're at like 421 now. So get your friends out here. Let's get over to the Facebook. Let's, let's the, the push for 500. Uh, 500 likes on The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is Facebook.com. Slash the Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. And uh, check us out on the Ken Reedy Show.com. Uh, excited. We're going to have some new blogs coming up on the website any second now. Uh, so check us out over there. Pictures, lots of biographies, and all sorts of neat stuff over there on the website. And we got the link where you can just listen to the show. So check out the website. It's the easiest way to listen. The link's right there. Again, that is thekenreedyshow.com. As, as the, the, the months and the weeks and months continue to, to go by and, and we are involved in this new, uh, exciting, we'll still call it new, exciting project called 1640 PWPR. I uh, we're part of uh, a, a new way to listen to pro wrestling radio, pro wrestling podcasts. And uh, so we have a network of shows, uh, different hosts, uh, lots of great stuff over there on uh, 1640. So it's like a one-stop shop, and you go over, you go over to iTunes, subscribe, 1640-1640-PWPR, and it's for free. It's free to subscribe, and we got, I think we, we're getting close to like 10 different uh, shows right now, so uh, check us out, lots of great stuff. People in the business, um, you know, I have shows as well as uh, 
guys like us that are just fans that are out there just giving our opinions. Um, so check out, check us out there on iTunes. Subscribe. 1640 PWPR. Place you want to be to listen to the best pro wrestling talk around. And, uh, you know, King Firehawk uh, has done a great job at, at getting this, this uh, network up and running. Um, you want to go over there and check out because, again, uh, you know, one of the, the things I'm probably most proud of uh, so far doing this show, uh, we did a Dusty Rhodes tribute where we got hosts from a bunch of the different shows uh, on there to give uh, Dusty memories, and it wound up being a three-part uh, extravaganza. Just because uh, I mean, it's, there's just too much to talk about with Dusty, but multiple hosts involved with that show. Hopefully, we're going to do more uh, roundtable-type discussions like that, so check us out on iTunes. And if you think you got what it takes to be in the 1640 family. You got a podcast out there and you think you want to be a part of us? Set, shoot me a message. Uh, shoot King Firehawk. Go to the 1640 PWPR Facebook page. Shoot us a message there. Give us a, a, a sound file. We'll listen. We'll see if you got what it takes. Then we'll pop you on uh, to the 1640 family. You can be part of this network. I got to say, you know, when it comes to 1640 and, and getting uh, our show out there a little bit more, First and foremost, I'm going to wish all the fathers out there very happy Father's Day yesterday. And, and as it turned out, and, and I don't think that it's any accident being involved in 1640. I believe they have a lot to do with it. But I don't know, we had 75 downloads yesterday. One day alone, 75 downloads. So I was pretty excited that we hit that sort of number in one day. Um, so thank you to 1640 King Firehawk for getting us out there and for those of you out there that decided to spend your Father's Day uh, listening to the Ken Reedy Show, that's awesome. So thank you so much for continuing to support us. Uh, we're, we're really proud that we got we hit that sort of number uh, in one day. And, uh, you know, onward and upward uh, with the show. And enough of the small talk and all this other stuff. We got wrestling to talk about. And, and there's so many things going on. There's so many... Uh, you know, a lot of movement around the, the industry. A lot of, uh, you know, we're hearing contracts and, and rumors and the dirt sheets are blowing up. And uh, we're going to try and make sense of all of it, but I could never do it by myself. So without further ado, let me get my tag team partner on the line. Dave, Dave, how are you doing this evening? It's sweltering. That's how I'm doing. It's, it's the first <laughs> official full day of summer. And uh, yeah, we're definitely feeling the heat here in good old Kinect Kai Cut. It is a, a warm, sweltering day. And I'm, I mean, I love the hot weather, so I'm glad this is here. I mean, I just, it, it really does seem like it, it may have been, it was like snowing last week, but uh, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're finally out of the woods when it comes to snowstorms. Um, some sad news in the wrestling world, uh, it, kind of breaking news. Uh, this broke uh, only really a, a couple hours or so before we came on the air. Uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landell uh passed away at the age of 52, um, way too young, uh, was in a car accident, has suffered some complications, wound up passing away uh, today, uh, or, sorry, I think, uh, yeah, he was passed away today uh, from complications, um, injuries, uh, suffered in the, the car accident. Um, you know, a guy, Buddy Landell, maybe not necessarily a household name, um, but a, a guy... Uh, with some legendary status uh, in the business, a guy that goes way back, uh, history with uh, 
uh, Nature Boy, uh, Ric Flair. Um, it's just it, it's sad when these these links to uh, yesteryear, these links to the golden ages of, of pro wrestling uh, pass on. So a uh, uh, sad day today, Dave. Uh, Buddy Landell dead at the age of fifty-two. Very tragic. A guy who was, um, you know, a product of the territories and uh, came in during probably the beginning stages of the boom period. He started his career in 1979, uh, traveled all throughout some different promotions in the Tennessee area, um, made a big splash in Jim Crockett promotions in 1985, joining J.J. Dillon. Um, He was on a wrestling card, as a matter of fact, in the main event with Ric Flair in 1985, which broke the which broke Elvis Presley's attendance record in the Dorton Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. He had also won the NWA National Heavyweight title from Terry Taylor at Starcade 1985. Um, interesting fact, I guess from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing, Landell has, was, was destined for greatness. He was set to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in December of 1985 from... Nature Boy Ric Flair. They were supposed to have a feud and a battle of the Nature Boys, um, but his plane arrived late and he missed the television tapings, and therefore they had to change some storylines around. Um, then he had a falling out with management. He left Crockett Promotions. Uh, he went back to the Tennessee area, um, working with guys like Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel, Jerry Lawler. Um, he headlined the last sold-out show in the Mid-South Coliseum. He worked in Alabama and the territories in the 87 and 88. Here's an interesting fact I did not know. I think it was pretty cool. Landell was managed in, in, at the time in Tennessee by three different guys. The mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, Jim Cornette, and Andy Kaufman, which I thought was really cool. I know Kaufman had spent some time in the wrestling industry, and a lot of people go on record as saying he was the real first celebrity to, you know, cross over to wrestling and, and help put wrestling on the mainstream even before the Wrestlemania era with Mr. T. Um, then, you know, years later, he worked in Smoky Mountain Wrestling for a little while in the Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Championship. He had a, uh, a very short run with the WWF in, in late 1995, early 1996. Um, and you didn't really see much of him after that in the in uh, mainstream wrestling television even during the Monday Night Wars, I don't think you saw him. He might have had a couple of stints here and there um, in WCW, a little one-off shot appearances, if I remember. Um, and uh, the last time he was really seen in the public eye in the wrestling community, he was inducted into the Legends of Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in August of 2011. Um, a guy who was probably very a very underrated technician, but respected by virtually everybody across the board. You know, my condolences out to uh, Buddy Landell's family and friends. Uh, may he rest in peace. Well said. Yeah, again, it, it's just it gone way too soon. Uh, very sad news uh, in the wrestling community, the wrestling family. Um, and as we, we try to shift gears and uh, talk about uh, what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. And, uh, and I feel like it's, it's been an interesting year in, in pro wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of our shows... Um, you know, this year especially, 2015, that we, we wound up talking a lot about uh, stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, more than stuff uh, necessarily on TV. And uh, it, it's been an interesting year with, with stuff like that. And, 
you know, it's it's with contracts coming up and, and things like that. And, and, you know, one of the things that I find intriguing, and, and Dave, you, you'd kind of coined it and, uh, you know, nail on the head that, uh, you know, the independent scene has become the new territory system. And, you know, we had given, and it was an unusual choice, but our year-end awards, we named uh, Matt Hardy uh, Independent Wrestler of the Year. And uh, because we felt like he was really revolutionizing uh, the independent scene and, and what a guy, like, once you establish your name, what you could do on on the independence. And, you know, it, the landscape is really changing. Almost, It almost seems like on a daily or at least weekly basis that, uh, uh, you know, things are just changing rapidly uh, in this wrestling business. And uh, as you hear the rumors and contracts coming up, uh, you know, one major contract that you're starting to hear rumblings about is Dolph Ziggler. And uh, Dolph Ziggler's contract is coming up shortly. Uh, you know, rumors that maybe he's not happy with how he's being used. A guy who now, again, as this landscape changes, um, could, with the name that he has made for himself, with the talent that he brings to the ring, you know, with the amount of dates he would have to wrestle in the WWE anyway... Uh, could make a very lucrative career out there on the independent scene. So the landscape is changing right now where it's not necessarily, I mean, for, for years now, the the common conception of, of the, the industry was that the only place to make money is the WWE. And, you know, it might be like you got to get there to make a name for yourself, but you can really make a good living now out there on the independent scene. And I don't think it's necessarily a gimme that Dolph Ziggler re-signs. Uh, now, I don't know the guy, so I don't know you know, what he's looking for. Um, it's, it's a weird kind of state for Dolph Ziggler, at least in my opinion, because I look at Dolph, and Dolph uh, was on the verge of, of really blowing up uh, an ill-timed concussion that sidelined him. And, you know, now it's almost like he's at a weird in-between spot that he's been around for a while, but there's younger guys that are moving up the card quickly. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see – I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see Dolph Ziggler reach that real bona fide main event status. Now, does he want to reach that status? Is he content with just having good matches where he happens to be on the card? I don't know. Uh, The impression you get is that he would like to – uh, be a main eventer. Um, he's a guy with all the talent in the world. But when you start hearing the rumblings of this guy's contract being up, um, there's there's just endless speculation, Dave, on what this guy may or may not wind up doing once his contract is in fact up. Well, it, it's a, in the event that if his contract is indeed up in the next few months, um, and he were decide to 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 leave. Me personally, as a fan of the guy's work in WWE, I'd be disappointed. Not saying that I wouldn't go watch him somewhere else, but um, you know, I'd be disappointed because I think his talents would be best used in the spotlight and on a platform such as WWE. I think, to be honest with you, you know, you 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 hit the phrase pretty well when you said that you know he was re- ready to explode. I mean, you and I were there in attendance. At the Meadowlands in New Jersey, that the night after WrestleMania 29, when he cashed in his Money in the Bank contract, I mean, granted that audience and those night after WrestleMania crowds are a little rowdier than usual, but 
pretty much everybody in attendance wanted to see him. And he was a heel at the time, win the World Heavyweight Championship and cash in his Money in the Bank contract because he was, you know, just people respected his talent so well. And I think he got a bad rep. I think, I think he got a raw deal. I mean, that, the, the injury, which was a kick to the head by Jack Swagger, then he comes back, he drops the title to Del Rio after five or six weeks. So he really didn't get a significant run with the belt. And then after that, he's just kind of faded into obscurity. He was like, you know, kind of like placed out of the, off the card. You would barely see him on Raw or SmackDown. If you did, it was like quick segments or meaningless matches. Up until probably about last summer when they started really using him again pretty well um, to help build the mid-card, the Intercontinental Championship, the series of matches he had with Miz and Cesaro, and especially his role in that John Cena authority um, storyline at Survivor Series where Ziggler was the one that got the win. Um, I really thought they were going to be. I really thought that he was finally out of the doghouse at that point, and uh, they were ready to do big things with him. I was kind of hoping that they were going to do him and John Cena at WrestleMania this past year, based on the the association the two of them had being teammates, and then Cena being the reason Ziggler got fired, then Ziggler coming back, and I was really kind of hoping that that was the direction they were going to take Ziggler with. Not saying I wasn't pleased with his role in the ladder match at WrestleMania because I was. I think. Him being a part of it definitely helped the build towards making the Intercontinental Championship relevant again. But I just think he, there's bigger and better things for him, and he deserves so much better. And I just I'm I'm really shocked and amazed that that they that based on his talents alone and what he does in the ring and the following he has. I mean, he sells good merchandise. The fans love him, and they love him based on his in-ring work. That's the thing. His work in the ring has gotten himself over more than the actual character. The character is secondary, at least in my opinion, from my point of view. But I'm just surprised that WWE really hasn't done more with him, and I think they should. And if they're going to use the excuse, well, he's injury-prone and he got a concussion and they don't want to take a chance with him, I think that's baloney. And the reason why I say that is because they took enough of a chance with him to get the Money in the Bank briefcase and hold on to that for God knows how long and beat John Cena on a pay-per-view in a main event, I mean, you're beating the, the company's top dog in a pay-per-view in a main event, that must tell you something. And I just think it wasn't fair that, you know, an injury that was caused by somebody else, not him, somebody else kicked him in the head and caused this concussion. I, I, just, I just don't think that the, the, the injury bug is the excuse, or should be the excuse for WWE. If it's his big mouth, because at times he's been known on Twitter to open his mouth when he shouldn't, I think that was one of the reasons why he was in the doghouse because he made some comments about Orton on Twitter. Then maybe I understand them holding back on pushing him. But regardless of that, he's popular. He's over. He he has consistently good to great matches and segments on television. I don't see why they do more with him and in a brighter spotlight. Maybe like a championship, you know, situation. Whether it be having a really lengthy run as a heel with the Intercontinental Championship or turning him heel and pulling the trigger and making him WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I don't know. But, I mean, if he does go and, and he goes on the indie scene, I'm sure he'll do well. I'm sure that people will, will, will book him and he'll make a substantial living. He won't make as much as he, as he makes in WWE, but he'll make a pretty decent living. But how long will that last? I mean, that's the real question. If he were to leave, how long will that living on the indie scene last as opposed to him re-signing with WWE and being relevant? Not saying that he won't make money on the indie scene, but it's really the, the amount of time and the longevity of 
his success on the indie scene post WWE is, is is the real test for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where, like, and it's tough, and you know, sit here and speculate. I mean, a guy, look, all the talent in the world, uh, big fans here. Um, but I and I agree with you. It's just a weird, like, to me, the landscape of the WWE it has become a, a difficult one. Um, you know, like, I mean, Ziggler is over. And and people really like him. Fans really like him. But like I said uh, you know, earlier, you know, younger guys have have kind of moved past him. You know, guys like Seth Rollins and and Dean Ambrose and and Roman Reigns have have uh, you know. So you got this young blood. Like, and it's not that Ziggler's old, but he's been around a, a little bit longer. And it's just kind of I I don't know. Like, it's like I want to see him elevated, but I wonder if he ever will be. And it's it's really, you know, it, it, it's speculating what's going on, like what the WWE is thinking as far as how they're going to use Ziggler. And honestly, what Ziggler wants. Um, you know, is he going to be a guy that's not going to be satisfied unless he's uh, considered a main eventer? Um, you know, is he a guy that, that just wants, like, to, to put on the best matches possible and wants to go out on the independent scene and... and you know, wrestle a, a slew of different talent to, uh, you know, just put on the best matches everywhere. I agree with you, Dave. Like, the only way, look, I, I, I said earlier, like, you know, again, the landscape is changing. You can make a living out there. Um, and, and there are a lot of hardcore independent fans out there that know the independent guys and, uh, you know, that they have their, their little sliver of fame, so to speak. And I mean no disrespect in that, but there are... It, it's a little, it's a little chunk of fame. It's a little local celebrity um, to maintain like real relevance, um, and, and to a certain extent, I'll include like companies like TNA and ROH. You know, even though those are big companies, real relevance in in the wrestling business, where you know, coast to coast, have a shot at being a household name. Uh, you know, the only place to be is still the WWE. Um, so he'll never have. Um, the same level of relevance in the wrestling community um, if he's out of the WWE. Um, but, but again, where's his head at? Well, you make a great point as far as TNA goes, because I was thinking this too. You know, when the news came out, some people speculated that TNA would make a play for him, which I'm sure they would. They've made plays for CM Punk, made plays for Edge, they made plays for Del Rio. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go after Ziggler. Would Ziggler take a chance with TNA and being put in a high-profile spot on their card for less money. But at the same time, most people know how unstable it is to work in TNA. Would would Ziggler want to take that chance? He may make a little bit more, okay, than in WWE, but the question is how many eyeballs are going to see him in TNA with him making just as much, if not more, as opposed to him in WWE, you know, more people watch WWE than they watch TNA. That's, I think, what could be going through his mind, too, as well. Is like, well, I can go to TNA, and they could put me in the main event, and I could be the world champion. But how many people watch that show, you know? So maybe it's all about, like, how many, how many eyeballs are on the television set, how many people are, are glued to the TV. I mean, let me just put it to you this way. You, you make a good point that there's a chance, a strong chance he could leave, okay, if he does not get a big push, all right? And I, I could agree with you there. At the same time, 
he does so much for them with public relations. He's doing all the the, the overseas tours, um, you know, promoting the show and promoting the brand. And he he does a lot other than just you know wrestle. He's but he's a part of the machine with the public relations. He's a good spokesperson for the company. Um, and he seen. I mean, I've watched footage. I've, I just watched something on WWE Network the other day about him uh, going to Singapore and promoting them doing their shows. You know, in a couple of weeks. And he seemed to genuinely enjoy it and genuinely like it. I think he knows. Just how it comes across to me. And I don't know the man, but the perception I get is, I think he knows where his bread is buttered. The only way he can obtain high success financially and as well as creatively in wrestling, I think, is with WWE. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to go on record. I think he will resign. I think he will because I think he knows that they know that they need him. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, he's involved in that uh, that new show, Swerve, that's uh, supposed to premiere tonight. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he's definitely out there and he's made himself known and, and he's, uh, you know, he's a staple of the company. It, it's just, again, the, the thing is, you know, where is his, his mindset? Um, I, You know, I agree with you. And in the, in the world of pro wrestling, you would think um, you get to the WWE, you stay with the WWE. As long as they want you, as long as they'll have you, uh, you stick around. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, and you're hearing, like, the rumors and, and you know, where his head's at and what he wants. And, uh, you know, if if creatively they're not going to give him what he wants. It's, uh, you know, and again, all the speculation is, uh, you know, it's interesting. And, and, you know, is he someone that would would go to TNA for less money to just have a taste of being a main eventer? I don't know. Like, you know, for TNA, does TNA throw a, a crap ton of money at him? I don't know if Ziggler winds up being a needle mover for you, as talented as he is. Um, if it's me, I 100% agree with you. I don't go to TNA. I stick around the WWE. I try to give you a five-star match every time out there and uh, let the chips fall where they may. You know, make it almost impossible for them not to push me. I'm going to give you such great matches that eventually you're just going to the crowd's going to get behind me and you're just going to have to um you know that that that's the the mindset i think i'd be at um but again you start hearing these rumors um and and it's an interesting time period i know i said it earlier it's an interesting time period where you can go out and and make a, a name for yourself and be out there on the independent scene and and make a a living and and you know create your own schedule um so you hear these these uh contract rumors it's uh it's intriguing to see what a guy like Dolph Ziggler, you know, not a main eventer, but a guy with with all the talent in the world, uh, you know, what he wind up, what he will wind up doing. But I agree with you, Dave. If I was a betting man, I'm going to say he's staying in the in the WWE. Yeah, I, that, that that's my opinion right now. I'm pretty confident of it. But then again, you know, we we, we talked about it on this show a few months ago. It was that tweet, that cryptic tweet, put out talking about five months left. They have the chance. Properly, or, or or they have the they. He all kind of alluded to the company, like they 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 have five months to to to, to see a main eventer in me or something along those lines. I, I think you posted it on face on the on the Facebook page back in April, but it, they it was kind of a half do half work kind of tweet. At least that's how it came across, and it involved Sheamus because they had the 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 match at the pay per view later that night or that weekend or whatever it was. Um, 
But you, you just you you never know. You truly never know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm betting he stays only because I think he'll be more relevant being in WWE if he stays. I don't think he's got a strong enough right now. I don't think he's got a strong enough drawing power to take an audience to watch him on another show like TNA or even a Ring of Honor for that case. Um, I truly believe he will he will remain with WWE. Not saying he wouldn't be successful on the indie scene, because I think he would, but there's a better chance for him to be successful long-term in WWE as opposed to successful long-term on the indie scene and with other promotions. I agree with you, man, but it is, it's, it's just an intriguing time, and when he puts out stuff like that, uh, you know, and I get that level of artistic frustration where he, he wants to be doing more. Um, so, again, that, that's the, the thing, you know, do you, do you stay with the machine? Where you think you know it's a safe move, or do you, do you look to be creatively challenged and uh, look to be a main eventer, or, or and and you, you go elsewhere? That's the the intriguing thing, and I'm sure you know we touched upon it here. I am sure this is not the last time we're going to be talking about Dolph Ziggler's contract status, um, but it should be a uh, interesting uh, you know what goes on, especially within social media. With uh, we know Dolph loves to use uh, until he officially. Uh, signs elsewhere or re-signs with the WWE. 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. We're going to get to your calls in just a little bit, but you know what it's time for. We do this each and every week. Right now, it's time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. This is the Day 5 50-50 News Report, where I deliver the top five stories, in my opinion, of course, in the world of professional wrestling this week. Brought to you in part by... 1640 PWPR, the one-stop shop for pro wrestling podcasts. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe to us for free. Type in 1640 PWPR and you can listen to us as well as other great pro wrestling podcasts all a part of this groundbreaking experience. My first story this week with reports out about the future of WWE's plans to make NXT a full touring brand in those very same reports, one constant that has come up is finding more big-name talent to help the brand get off the ground when beginning their live event schedule in 2016. AJ Styles was one name considered allegedly by WWE, as well as several others that the WWE is currently eyeing. For instance, Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Adam Cole from Ring of Honor has been on the company's radar for quite some time. Moose, another Ring of Honor name, who recently stated publicly that he's turned down a WWE deal to stay with Ring of Honor. And last but certainly not least, brand new Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, current Ring of Honor Television Champion, Jay Lethal. It's being speculated that despite Lethal winning the title this past Friday night at the Best in the World Ring of Honor pay-per-view, that his contract with the company is expiring soon. And with no real deal on the table, he could make the switch to WWE. Time will tell on all three of these men, but the effort to make NXT a significant brand has the indie scene and the wrestling community buzzing as to who might sign next. Speaking of departures, it looks as if two TNA stars have left the company. In my second story this week, in respective statements on Twitter this week, both Samuel Shaw and Gunner appear to be done with the promotion. Being reported 
that both Shaw and Gunner were let go from their contracts due to the creative team not having anything for them. The good news for Gunner is that allegedly, allegedly, WWE has now shown some interest in signing the young talent. As of this writing, that is all pure speculation. And on the subject of TNA, my third story this week is news that most wrestling fans and fans of TNA are all too familiar with. being reported that TNA is currently behind again on paying their wrestlers. One unnamed wrestler spoke to ProWrestling.net this week about the pay issues, stating TNA employees and office personnel get paid on time. But the independent contractors, such as production staff and the wrestlers, are the ones who fall victim to late pay. The same individual also went on to say that they expect checks to be handed out at the next set of television taping this week, considering there is the Slammiversary pay-per-view this Sunday night. And with all the talk over money issues in TNA, my fourth story this week, one would think that there certainly isn't enough money to attempt to court former WWE World Heavyweight Champion Rey Mysterio to join the ranks of TNA. I, like many others, clearly are wrong about this. As reports out now this week state, both TNA President Dixie Carter, along with Executive Vice President of Talent Relations John Gaburik, both met with Mysterio recently and offered him a rather large six-figure deal. Excuse me, I'm just losing my train of thought here. My apologies. A rather large six-figure deal to work for TNA with limited dates. The incentive to help get raise merchandise into retail stores, centering main storylines around his character, and to top it off, allowing him to work anywhere he wanted on days off, including companies that have current television deals. With the state that TNA is in, some call this a ballsy move on their part to help get them brand awareness, but a name like Mysterio may actually help them do just that, seeing as it raises a huge star in the Latino market. Most expect Mysterio to sign with upstart Lucha Underground once that company gets a second season finalized by the El Rey Network. And our final story this week, some rather feel-good news to end the day 550-50 news report. With the sudden passing of the late, great American Dream Dusty Rhodes just a few weeks ago, fans online and all across social media have suggested that the WWE honor the dream with renaming the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Reports out now state WWE has plans to honor Dream in some way, either adding American Dream to the Performance Center name, to renaming the promo class he taught to the developmental talent, even possibly going as far as working with the city of Orlando to naming the street the Performance Center is located on after the Hall of Famer. One way or another, WWE plans to honor and keep the spirit of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes alive and well for generations to come in public, if you will. And I'm just about out of time. This has been another informative edition of the Dave 550 News Report, heard only at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best, the best, the best in pro wrestling talk. And remember, folks, take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Good stuff, as always. You know, it's interesting as we're talking about Ziggler's contract status and, uh, you know, your stories. 
it's it's very intriguing, you know, the, the news coming out and, and, you know, talent possibly moving all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that as much as we're, we're you know, it's, it's coming from both sides, as much as we're seeing the uh, flourishing of the independent scene. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, that, that you can make a very lucrative living now. Uh, out there on the independent scene, uh, it seems like finally, especially with NXT, uh, that the WWE has taken notice of the independent scene and really, uh, you know, bringing in a lot of unique talent, a lot of guys that maybe are a little bit older, uh, but have made a name and have a following on the independent scene. Um, so it's been interesting to see how, like, you know, both sides are, uh, you know, flourishing so to speak as a lot of young and young talent and newer talent uh you know it's interesting to see guys from the independent scene come into the wwe guys who made names for themselves but also the wwe goes out there and then brings in a samoa joe now uh which to me was a, a very interesting very cool move to bring in a guy like samoa joe and now you know you state in the news the new the new uh, ROH champion Jay Lethal, a guy with all the talent, you know, love that guy. Guy could talk, guy could move in the ring, a uh, very entertaining figure. Uh, things don't work out for him in, in TNA, making a substantial name for himself in ROH. Um, and now we're hearing the WWE might be interested in him. Um, I don't know how exactly to use him, but talented guy, you know, Dave, wouldn't mind seeing Jay Lethal in a WWE ring. Jay Lethal is a very talented guy. Um, I have not watched enough of his Ring of Honor stuff, but from what I've been hearing, this has been some of the best stuff he's done. Um, I caught some some clips from his match with uh, Briscoe the other night from the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Outstanding work. Um, Lethal has really reinvented himself from his uh, departure in TNA. I felt he got a raw deal leaving TNA. I've been using that word a lot with, with Ziggler earlier, but I, th- I thought that he was... Very t- His segment with Ric Flair, when he imitated Ric Flair to this day, is still the highest-rated segment in the history of TNA wrestling. The highest-rated segment in the history of TNA wrestling, and they let him go. I mean, I was just, like, astounded. But Lethal in, in WWE, This is, here's what I think this is. I think WWE, by bringing some of these notable names from the indie scene, like Samoa Joe, letting them use their names, having these unique contracts, where they're not necessarily exclusive to the company, but they work limited dates for NXT and they can still work their indies. Um, I think this is WWE's way of trying to form their own independent scene. They're competing with the indie scene by bringing in talents who are popular on the indie scene and showcasing them the way that they've been showcased on the indie scene in their show, in NXT, on their platform and their format. And I think Lethal and countless others that they're looking at are, are are one of the reasons, the main reason why they want to beef up that touring schedule when they decide that NXT is going to, you know, eventually tour next year and be a, a live, you know, successful touring brand. I personally think that this is just their way to compete with the NBC. I think it's a smart move on their part, you know. They, they feel that they're the number one leader in sports entertainment, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Well, now they want to be the number one independent wrestling organization as well by signing some of these top indie names. I think it's a smart idea, and you're taking an audience from the indie scene who strictly watch wrestlers just on the indie scene, and now you're bringing that audience over to your programming. I think it's, I think it's a, a really smart move 
and, and good business on WWE's part. I think they're starting to listen to some of the, the hardcore independent wrestling fans that want to see their guys on their television show and used the way that they've been used on the indie scene. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if, if you know we have a Jay Lethal, uh, you know, wind up coming over the WWE or, or NXT. Um, but I think it's intriguing, David. I know I keep going back to it, but that whole idea of the independent scene becoming the new territory system. Um, you know, I feel like we're we're in a in a interesting place in wrestling history right now, and uh, you know, five, six, seven years from now, you know, wherever the business happens to be, what state it's in. Uh, you know, what company is doing what, you know, I think we're going to look back on, uh, you know, this year and, and maybe a couple of years ago as, as the beginning stages of uh, uh, the landscape of pro wrestling really changing uh, as, as the independent scene grows, the WWE Network comes out, on the, you know, technology, independence, getting uh, television shows uh, online, using the Internet. Um, it's just a really exciting time. Uh, for pro wrestling, and it should be interesting to see where exactly the business goes. But I, I, I find it very intriguing because, you know, it, it's rare to me that you, you recognize, uh, you know, that history might be being made while it's actually happening. Usually you look back, and, and I think, you know, wrestling fans should take note that, you know, this time period, the last few years, uh, uh, we're noticing a, a change in this business and how companies are doing business. And, uh, uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting time to see how things evolve over the next few years. And, uh, you know, I got to say one guy out there that, uh, I don't know, I mean, he, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably a Jay Lethal fan, but I know he's a big ROH fan. And let's bring Tony on, on board. Uh, Tony, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing all right. Yes, uh, you're right. I'm a Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is probably my favorite guy in the business right now. I watched the show. I saw the best in the world the other night. Yeah, you know, Jay Lethal really, you know, he got the You Deserve a Chant uh, after winning the uh, the world title. Uh, the, the guy is really amazing, you know, because I've seen him live a few times, you know. I mean, the guy is really great, you know. He can go in the ring. He's got the great personality, you know, when he did the Randy Savage and the Ric Flair gimmicks. Uh, you know, I mean, his 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 stuff in Ring of Honor has been great. Uh, you know, like I said, he, he's really... Um, yeah, really, really wanted a great all-around performer in the, you know, in the business today. I really enjoy watching. You know, I really enjoy watching him. You know, and it's interesting with Jay Lethal too, because I, you know, I had heard him. Um, he was actually uh, he was on Busted Open uh, last week, and I got to hear part of the interview. And he, he's very well spoken. I mean, he's a guy that you know you, you could rest your company on his shoulders. I mean, a guy who can talk, who can go in the ring, can entertain as far as the stuff he does you know, on camera, but behind the scenes, doing interviews, representing your company. Um, he's a guy that can do that as well. So uh, a very talented guy that uh, it's interesting that the WWE is, is taking note and uh, perhaps there's some interest there. But uh, getting back to ROH, give us uh, your report, your take. Uh, I know you're you're big into ROH. Uh, how, how is the show? What's, give us a review of the show. Um, I, again, it was a very good show. You know, I thought that, you know, you know, it was on pay-per-view, so there was no no streaming issues because it was on regular pay-per-view. But it, I, I thought it was a great show. You know, you had the title, uh, Jay Lethal winning the title from Jay Briscoe. Uh, that was a great, a great main event. You had um, Daniels and Kazarian uh, against Red Drake and No DQ. Uh, I, I thought that was a really good, outstanding match. A lot of fun stuff there. Uh, it was AJ Styles and uh, and the Bucks versus the Kingdom. 
you know, Adam Cole, uh, Taven and Bennett. Uh, that was an amazing, amazing six-man. You had, uh, oh, my God, yeah, and then you had this, uh, Cedric Alexander heel turn, made official, uh, officially ha- uh, finally happened. Veda Scott uh, pretty much turned on Moose and then went with uh, Cedric later on. Uh, and you know, I've, even even Cedric is a, Cedric Alexander is another guy who I think is a, is a, is, a good, is pretty good in the ring too. And uh, oh, and oh, and you had Moose, you know, Moose, Roderick Strong, and Michael Ogden in a three-way number one contender match. Uh, yeah, that, that that was really that was really fun to watch. You know, Roderick Strong got the win, so it's going to be Roderick Strong and Jay Lethal at Death Before Dishonor uh, next month. And you had Mark Briscoe uh, and Donovan uh, Dijak. Which was uh, a good solid opener, I thought. Uh, you know, they had that one, and then um, there was the decade, the decade against uh, ACH and Matt Seidel. Another, you know, another solid match. But, you know, I guess all around, all around, I say uh, ROH is always, you know, they they usually always, they almost always deliver uh, uh, whenever they're whenever they uh, have a show. Tony, quick question. Would yeah. Did Dalton did Dalton Castle wrestle on that card by any chance? Yes, he did. He beat Silas Young. Dalton Castle, I think, is a star in the making. I don't know what it is about him, but his exotic, like Adrian Street kind of character. He's got he's very um, flamboyant. He's very creative in the ring. I don't know, but I mean, I don't know what you think about him. You watch more ROH than I do, but I watched his match with Liger a few weeks ago on TV, and he was pretty damn good in the ring. But he is definitely um, more of an entertainer than than. An actual pro wrestler. What's your take on Dalton Castle? Yeah, I don't think the guy myself. You know, I, I, the guy is actually he's both. You know, I mean, the character is very uh, is unique to say the least. You know, I mean, you know, it comes out with those two guys who are you know with the fans or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the, the guy can actually you know he can go in the ring too. He had he had a good match with Liger uh, at the uh, Global War taping at the Show on Destination America a couple weeks ago. Um, and the match with Silas Young uh, at the, at the pay per view was also really good, you know. And it was, you know, a good a good uh, you know. Uh, you have Dalton Castle who's this flamboyant guy with the you know, you know, doing the whole like peacock stuff, and you get and he's got his guys with him, and then you got Silas Young who's like one of these like he calls himself pro wrestling last real man, and he's kind of like actually you know, kind of acts like a grizzled old vet- uh, veteran, whatever he knows. Uh, guy's a really good heel. Uh, I, I thought it was a good you know good mix of. Uh, I thought, yeah, I just think like I, I just thought it was a really good, um, good stuff with those two. So I'm curious. Yeah, I, I actually like to ask you, you know, getting back to uh, uh, Jay Lethal. I'm curious your thoughts, hearing that there might be interest uh, with the WWE as a fan. Now I know, like for you know, for Lethal, obviously the the move would be just go to the WWE. But as a fan. Um, you want to see him stay in ROH and, and what he'd see, you know, see him continue doing what he's doing in ROH. Uh, would it bother you if, if he wound up going to the WWE? I'm kind of curious uh, as, as a hardcore ROH fan, when you hear that the WWE is interested at least in, in Jay Lethal, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, it seems like, you know, like WWE's taking it, you know, they've been, no- been noticing everybody lately, which, you know, I'm not good for them, you know, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I mean, lethal. You know, he he just won the the ROH World Title. You know, I mean, he's been yeah, he's been there for a while. You know, I, I mean, I think he should have a nice, he should have a good run with the uh, with the World Title. You know, I don't know because he's been TV champion for over a year now. It's like you know, he should be 
you know, I, I think you should, you know, I, I think you should stick around with Ring of Honor for a while because he's getting a really good push there. Um, you know, he's he is the the main guy now. He's got he's got two, you know, he got both belts. Um, I, you know, like I, said, I really think he should be. Uh, you know, I mean, I I could definitely see him or any of these other guys eventually going to the NXT or WWE. You know, but uh, right now, I think you know, I, I, you know, Jay Lethal's in. I think he's in a good position, and he's really, you know, he's just. just much, you know, I think it's, you know, stay where he's at and be, like, the top guy in ROH right now. That's awesome. Great stuff, as always, Tony. Thanks a lot for bringing uh, the ROH perspective uh, to the show, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Keep it going. Uh, Got to check out more of ROH. Thanks a lot for the call tonight. Yeah. Take it easy, brother. Yeah. Let's, let's stick with the phones. We had to be on hold for a little bit. Uh, I don't recognize this number. We got an 845 number. Let's 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 call this guy up, someone local. Uh, call, are you there? Hey, Ken, it's Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Diff- different number than I guess you usually call it. Thanks for giving yeah. us a buzz. What do you got for us tonight? Well, uh, I was listening to your conversation as far as uh, everything going on with uh, Dolph Ziggler's contract, and I, ha- I have a couple of angles on it. Uh, first off, as far as the question on whether he signs or re-signs, there are, of course, people out there in the Internet wrestling community that are going to say, you know, he's getting a bum rap in, in WWE, he should be a main eventer. And granted, I agree that Dolph Ziggler has boatloads of talent. He is talented, he's, great on, he's good on the mic, he's good in the ring, a solid worker. But... At, when you take it to its core, what these people are are performers, and performers need eyeballs. You, you're not making any money if people ain't watching you. And to cut down your viewer base, uh, to me, it doesn't make sense. I agree with you that Dolph will most likely re-sign with the WWE. Because if I can put it to a maybe a nerdy um, movie analogy, do you want to be, uh, say, a Wedge on uh, Wedge Antilles playing in Star Wars, or do you want to headline some B or C sci-fi flick that's going straight to video? It's it's, it's a really good comparison because yeah, I'd I'd, I'd want to be Wedge Antilles without question. Um, yeah, it's just like I said. I mean, I think the interesting thing, is, Rocky, is is you know where his head is at. Like, if, if he if he want if 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 his priority is truly having more creative freedom um, and kind of doing more of what he wants, then leaving would make more sense. If, like you said, though, more eyeballs, more potential for for earning, uh, more potential for eventually getting to do what you want to do. Um, you know, do you stay and be patient? And it's, I guess it boils down to, uh, you know, where his head is at and what he's prioritizing. But I, I agree with you. I mean, and it's a great movie analogy. Yeah, and it also kind of leads me into, into a second point, though, as far as being patient, because if you look at the, at the puzzle pieces being moved and the chess pieces being moved around the board, you have Seamus, who has a Money in the Bank contract in his hands, and let's face it, the, the Sheamus-Dolph feuds, the, those matches have been gold. So could could we be set up for when eventually Sheamus does cash in that briefcase, do we have a setup for you know, either his first or perhaps his title defense that finally you know, trades the belt off between Sheamus and Dolph? 
who knows? The future will tell. That, that and that's an excellent point. I'm glad I'm glad you entered into the the foray of fantasy booking before any of us. But I enjoy fantasy booking at times, and uh, you're right. You know, one of the more entertaining feuds over the course of the past few years. You know, whenever they they wind up crossing paths, uh, Ziggler and Sheamus, their styles uh, work well together. Uh, they they put on very entertaining matches, and uh, yeah, it, it's a really good point. Uh, you know, is that where Ziggler starts to get elevated? Does does Sheamus uh, cash in, win the belt, and uh, then Ziggler goes after Sheamus? Dave, I think that's a really good point. Rocky brought up. It is a good point. They've had some great matches. Uh, Payback was a really good match. I didn't care for the uh, the, the, the kiss me arse match at Extreme Rules, but I wouldn't be surprised if. If Sheamus were to win, that they do have maybe a title match or two um, against Ziggler. I don't know. I mean, you really can't tell with Ziggler right now. Like Ken said earlier in the opening, he's kind of in between. He's in like a lull period. It really depends on um, where they go with him from like now till I'd say probably SummerSlam. I believe if I'm not if I'm correct, his contract runs out in September. I don't know exactly when, but in September. So it really all depends. If you're seeing him getting more and more wins under his belt, using high-profile storylines you know, from now until SummerSlam, maybe even being like, uh, you know, a co-main event of a pay-per-view uh, of some kind, then I could see him and Sheamus hooking up in the fall. Um, because I, I think Sheamus is going to cash in, like, October, November. Um with the money in the bank. So, yeah, I, I could see it happening, but pending all those different variables that I mentioned before. Rocky, great stuff as always. Thanks a lot for giving us a buzz. And uh, give us a call next week. We've got to get you on more regularly. Uh, thanks a lot for the phone call. <laughs> Definitely will, man. Take it easy, brother. You too. And Rocky, with like good stuff there. I mean, that that, that makes total sense. You know, uh, if he... Uh, if, Successfully, if Sheamus cashes in for Ziggler to get elevated to go after Sheamus, uh, he had some breaking news uh, coming out of uh, actually some good news for for us here at the uh, 1640 family. As uh, uh, I just received a message from uh, the King Firehawk himself, as uh, we you know, and and it cannot be, it cannot be. And I we've I know we've said it before, cannot be overstated the work that. King Firehawk, a.k.a. Pat Crowley, has put in to get 1640 off the ground. Uh, he's, he's really, you know, just about every single, I shouldn't even say every day, it's like every hour of every day he's, he's doing something, he's publicizing something, he's getting 1640 uh, on the map. But uh, he just sent me a message that uh, uh, since uh, we, we've gone on, which is roughly uh, two months or so, uh, 60 days, uh We've had 7,600 plays of uh, 1640 PWPR, uh, which is averaging our, our network is getting played about 127 times a day. So uh, people are hitting the network. We're psyched. Uh, that's some cool numbers, and we're, we're still in our infancy. So uh, pretty pumped, Dave, to be able to report. Uh, 7,600 plays, uh, and, and we're still kind of fleshing out all the details. Uh not too shabby. That's pretty cool. I'm 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 kinda of psyched about that and uh thank you to everybody that listens and thank you to Pat who uh you know puts in, you know, all the legwork to uh help make this happen. Thank you. So good stuff and let's uh 
as uh, you know, we report numbers like that. Uh, the uh, you know, if you ever want to, you know, enter just a different realm, a different mindset, a different universe, you could check out Mike Ferrara speaks, which is on the sixteen forty uh, network. Uh, but you'll get a little, a little preview, a little snippet of what that show might be like as we head out to the phones and bring Mike on the line. Mike, how you doing this evening? Good guys, how are you guys doing? We are doing all right. You know, we're talking a lot tonight about contracts and stuff. Uh, you know, Ziggler, uh, Jay Lethal. What do you got for us tonight? Um, well, we could talk about Jay Lethal. I mean, you know, Jay Lethal is all Jersey pro. You know, from all uh, Jersey all pro. He is a uh, you know a bona fide star from there. He's done a lot of things with uh, you know the, the the works. The guys like Rhino, and he's won all championships there. And, um, you know, he started, his pro debut started in 2001. He was trained by Dan Mop. He, you know, trained by Magic. And, um, you know, I met the guy a hundred times. You know, he's very humble, very nice guy, and he's a great worker. Actually, he worked a match that I was at. Um, in 2012, he wrestled for a company that I know very well, UWA Elite. He wrestled against a guy by the name of Mike Quest. And just just like I said, you know, he deserves nothing but the best. The guy went into TNA, did what he could do there. He did the machismo gimmick, and it worked. And then he did the flair gimmick, and then he left, and he went back to his roots. And his roots were independent wrestling. And then, uh, you know, going, you know, he's been the longest reigning television champion, and now he's the world champion, and he deserves it. And, and, and uh, I'm very happy about Jay Lethal. And it shows it shows that independent wrestlers that's their goal. Ultimately they're gonna end up in the WWE. My problem is sometimes when, when and you know this, you guys are wrestling fans, when you have an independent wrestler when they come in, even past present, you know, WCW, ECW, they get watered down. I just don't wanna have I don't wanna see that happen to Jay. You know, I don't want him to become watered down. Because um, it could happen. I mean, it could happen to any of the stars, the wrestlers. But that's my um, my take on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You know, and it's very interesting. You know, that I mean, Jay Lethal, his Ooh. name's obviously been around uh, uh, for a few years. Um, you know, he's only, 30, up in Elizabeth, he's only New thirty Jersey. years old. Yeah, and he grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yes, I mean, but at only thirty years old, I mean, there, this guy's yeah. got. Uh, barring injury, a, a long career ahead of him. Uh, who knows right. where uh, he might wound up, wind up? Right. But uh, you know, interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, do you like you bring yeah. up a good point. You know, he could get watered down. I mean, as far as yeah. being a fan of his, and I, and I asked Tony the same question. Uh, right. You know, would you rather see him stay in ROH and, and flourish yeah. and develop his character there, or would you like to see him in the WWE? I want to see him in the WWE. I think he's very talented, and I think he deserves to make the money. The guy busts his butt. The guy busts his butt every day of his life. And uh, I, want him, I want to see him do good, and I want to see him go. And ultimately, all my friends, I have a lot of friends in the independent wrestling. I want to see everybody there. I want to see Homicide there. I like Homicide. I want to see Homicide there. I want to see everybody that walked through these independent doors that I'm standing in, the, in there with. I want to see them in there because they deserve to be, they deserve to be in there. You know, and that's how I that's how I I look at it. Um, that's that's my opinion on it. Yes, I want to see him. Yes, I want to see him in the WWE. You know, 
same thing with Samoa Joe. God bless Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's another one. Met him a thousand times. Nice guy. You know, I want to see everybody, you know, all the all these guys get in there. Because it makes right. it interesting for the fans. It makes it interesting for the fans, you know. I totally agree with that. I'm just curious, you know, it's interesting, you know, the character of Jay Lethal and what will, you know, where it would wind up going in the WWE and how exactly uh, they'd wind up using him. Um, because we talked a lot also about Dolph Ziggler, uh, his contract perhaps uh, uh, being yeah. up. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Ziggler and, and where, you know, he should oh. go uh, once his contract well, is up WWE? I talked about that today with the Top Rope Report, which is on our network too, with my good friend Mr. Trivia and the Nuxter. We were talking about that too because I brought that up to them. Um, you know, I had read reports too. Um, SES.com. <laughs> so, scoops. Like them. Anyway, and WrestleZone, too. Like them, too. So, anyway, um, oh, so, so Dolph Ziggler, here's my problem with Dolph Ziggler. They changed the guy's gimmick. It just seems now, it just seems now that he's wearing, he's an 80s style rocker with the whole, you know, poison and the Megadeth and Metallica and all those patches. And then he comes, you know, this is the guy that was the show off. And, you know, he is still showing off, but, God, do something with this gimmick. Turn him heel, for the love of Christ. You know, and the, the best is when he was heel, and he won, which you guys were there, and when, he, when he cast in, you know, right after WrestleMania in, in Jersey, the place went rocking for this guy. And after that, it just seems that, it just seems to be that, uh, I don't know, there's just something going on with his gimmick. And then they're going to put him with Lana, and, you know, I... I I don't know. I, I want m- more things to come for Ziggler. Because Ziggler is a very talented guy, too. I just think he's not being used right. But that's how a lot of people in the WWE are not being used right. I mean, you know, even in TNA. You ain't got guys leaving there. I heard Gunn is leaving. And I heard some other guys leaving, too. But uh, I don't know. It's just uh, a weird combination of, of things. Well, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, like right now, it just seems like the landscape of wrestling is is really in flux with with uh, you know all the companies. I mean, there's just so many, there's so much movement and things going on right now. It's funny you brought up the vest because actually, when he came out with the vest, uh, as soon as he walked out, I was like, wow, he got hit in the head really hard and thinks it's 1985, <laughs> not 2015. Uh, I, 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 I got I thought the same exact thing. I was like, wow. And and being a child of the '80s, I loved the best, but yep. still, it looked right. it did look a little dated. Right. Um, and then when I saw Skid Row, I was like, "Wow, the youth did go wild." <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Whoa, the youth gone wild!" I'm like, "Whoa, what happened to it?" But go ahead. But it's weird, like you know, when when you, you bring up a really good point about using him, and and it's funny because it's like. You know, it's like they don't know how to use Ziggler, and then he jumps in the ring and he has a five-star match, and it's like the the, the gimmick has you scratching your head at times. The Lana thing to yeah. me seems a little bit disjointed and forced. Um, you're right. It's like you know, he is like like Dave. I mean, you always say like his work puts him over, and he continues yeah. no matter what the gimmick or what storyline, whether they're using him correctly or not creatively. Then he steps through those ropes, has a five-star match. Everyone loves him. And then the other stuff is is kind of questionable, so it's it's been weird. But uh, uh, your thoughts, Dave, really on like the the Lana thing, and uh, you know, it's, like he's still the show off. It's still kind of the the same gimmick per se, but it's uh, yeah, but he's a show off in a, a different a, way. It's a very throwbacky uh, <laughs> look that he's got there. What do you think of the What do you think of the vest, Dave? 
I, I, I don't mind the altered look. I thought it was pretty cool. The vest, the headband, he's kind of going mm. for like the Neil look. I mean, he's just altered it a little. He's not, it's not like a complete gimmick overhaul. I mean, it's just, you know, all right, let's just, let's just for argument's sake, me, I'm, I'm me. I'm Dave Rosenbluth, okay? If I wear a different outfit someday, does that mean that my gimmick, is, has, my, my personality has changed? No, yes. I don't think so. And I just... <laughs> Anyhow, back to what I was saying. Um, Sorry. Like I was Go saying... Ahead. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't... I mean, his look may have been altered and changed a little bit, but, you know, guys do that. It's, it's nothing new. I didn't mind that. You know, I didn't mind that you know, he kind of incorporated, you know, some style of music into his character. That's fine with me. <laughs> a lot of things... I will agree. I think that's a little bit forced. Um, and I really thought that if they're going to pair the two of them together and make them a serious couple, which I don't even know if they're sure if they're going to do that, because it seems like the way that they're portraying her on TV is that she's using Ziggler to get back at Rusev, and Ziggler doesn't mind that she's using him because he's getting something out of it too. Um, but... If they're going to make them a serious couple down the road, if this is going to be something, um, you know, more permanent, then they got to change her look up too. Maybe, maybe kind of incorporate some of the same style of clothing in her look with Ziggler, um, because the uh, the whole uh, you know business look. I mean, that was what she did with Rusev, and that's to me like if if you're trying to get her away from Rusev, then you need to fully get her away from Rusev, even with the look too, like. But I remember, you know, looking back now, when Miss Elizabeth left Macho Man and she kind of sided with Hogan, you know, she still was remnant of Miss Elizabeth with Randy Savage, even though she was siding with Hogan. And they didn't really, like, make her, you know, fully a Hulk Hogan girl or, a, a, you know, a manager of Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? You always look at it and you're like, yeah, she's still kind of yeah. with Macho or stuff like that. So mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to get at with the whole Lana Dolph Ziggler thing. But, um, yeah, I didn't mind the altered look. Yeah, you, know, and, uh, you mentioned... Go oh, ahead, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go go ahead. no, I was going to say, it, it's so funny that you brought up Miss Elizabeth because when she turned on Macho Man Randy Savage in WCW, she came out with dresses. She was with Ric Flair. She was acting a whole different uh, way. But I understand what you're saying about your characters, because I had to change my character about four or five times. Because, you know, really? I guess, yeah, of course. I went from, yeah, of course. I went from being, I went from being a, uh, supposed to be a black guy in a group called the X-Clan. Then I went, then I went and I did this gimmick where it was just a fat boy in training. Then I did another so gimmick where it was... Sorry, guys. Hold on. Time out. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. So you did the NAACP thing before the woman on TV did the NAACP thing? Is that what you're trying to say? NCAA who? What? Are we on the air still? Black. You watch the news. What? Are we on? Hello? 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 All right, this this is becoming bad radio at this point. No, I don't know what was going on. I I don't know if I think we got a bad connection or something. Hey, um, okay. by the way, speaking of good, I, I, I want to talk about good radio. Oh, sorry, I don't know. I want to talk about good radio. You were just mentioned about the numbers and the network, and I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is in the business we call it radio gold. There's a guy out there. He's a nice guy. His name is Dell. 
the Patriot Wilkes. I know you guys know him. You definitely know him, the Patriot. And the, the fan, your fans that are listening, because you guys have a tremendous fan base, and I'm I'm happy about that. Anyway, I did an interview, and Pat, because, you know, Pat, King Firehawk, who was a great guy. I love the guy. Anyway, so he, he, he sent out a whole thing about whoever wanted to, you know, grab Dell for an interview. So I said, sure, you know. So I didn't know what I was going to expect. But let me tell you something. The guy was a great guy, and... I got more than I bargained for, and uh, I can't wait for the people and you guys. I want you guys to listen to that interview. I listened to it. Magic listened to it. It was just unbelievable. It was just an unbelievable interview. And, uh, you know, the guy has a great story to tell. He's doing the Kickstarter. You know, it, it, this is another guy that got injured. You know, it, it's terrible. He hasn't wrestled since 13 years ago, and he wants to put out a story, and they're going to put out a story on DVD about his life and about what happened in the ring and out of the ring. And he's a tremendous guy. And uh, if you guys have a chance to book him, just book him. He's, he'll give you guys everything. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't see you guys wrong on that. Good stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm glad, again, like 1640 thing is, is definitely taking off and looking forward to hearing you with that. If, uh, if it wasn't for people Patriot. like Pat and you, because I heard, Ken, you had a lot to do with it. I tell you, man, and you had a lot to do with, with getting me to 1640, so I gotta thank you guys for everything, and I gotta thank him for everything. Mike Ferrer yeah, thanks, speaks Ken. is, uh, yeah, and I gotta thank you too, Dave, because you're good at it. No, too. I was thanking well, thank you. Know, uh, yeah. I was thanking you. Know, you don't thank me. Yeah, I'm saying you guys are great. You know, thanking, I'm thanking you guys. I'm thanking everybody associated with 1640 PWPR. It's, uh, it's great. And you know what, you guys, and it's for free. Subscribe. Listen to all these shows. Listen to every show out here because uh, you guys are the best in pro wrestling. Without you guys, I'd just be talking into my phone. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you I'd, just be talking into my, my, I'd just be talking into my old telephone with the string on it. <laughs> you guys, be right? uh, sure to check out 1640. Check out Mike Ferrara. Speak. Subscribe on whew. iTunes. 1640 PWPR. Speaker. Mike, thanks for the next week. You guys got it. Thank you guys for giving me my time and uh and I'll we'll catch you later, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take it easy, brother. Yeah. And there you have it. The wonderful world of, of Mike Ferrara. Uh, <laughs> always interesting. Holy but uh cow. definitely uh, uh check out his show on the sixteen forty PWPR. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, interesting as we talk about, you know, we talk about Ziggler, Jay Lethal, um, and a lot of stuff coming out of the news, Dave, and, uh, it's intriguing, man, because, like, you know, the, uh, the issues of TNA continue, um, you know, it seems like business-wise, uh, this company is not doing well, and, uh, you know, now we're hearing the rumblings that they want to throw a, a chunk of change, a big chunk of change over there at Rey Mysterio, um, jeez, man, I, you know, it, it, it just, it's, uh, for me, like when I hear things like that, look, is Rey Mysterio talented? Yes. Is is Rey Mysterio have have a following? Yes. Uh, do I think he's a, he's a major needle mover? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I get the the international feel, but I, I I don't know if he moves the needle enough. Um, the other thing is, you know, God, he's so injury prone, and he's you know, as we all are, getting older by the day. Um, you know, and TNA with their luck, I could see, you know, Rey Mysterio signing on the dotted line and blowing his knee out in his first match in TNA. Uh, I just don't think this is a good move. 
Um, again, I guess the name Ray Mysterio being tied to your company could help, but uh, I don't know, Dave. With all the stuff we're hearing and, and, and wrestlers not getting paid, and, and you know, lots of rumors that we've heard time and time again over the, the past few years, um, this Ray Mysterio thing, I, you know, I don't I don't know if it's it's the best direction for TNA to be going in. I I mean, in the condition that their company is in now, with like mentioned earlier, the, the speculation that guys aren't getting paid on time. And, I mean, how? There's a pay-per-view this Sunday, and there's barely any promotion for it. Um, you know, one or two matches have been announced. Um, they're, uh, they have to tape television this week, and they have to tape TV that's going to uh, showcase storylines following their pay-per-view, which isn't good, so that means that the pay-per-view is essentially spoiled. Um, unless they do a really good job in the uh, the, the television tapings of uh, you know getting you to believe what you're, you're watching isn't the case, but as far as um, signing Mysterio, I think it benefits TNA to a certain degree. But I think um, you know Mysterio is the one that really comes out on the uh, the you know the, the longer end of the stick. He's the one that's really benefiting the most out of this whole situation because you know the rumor was limited date, which you're really limited to begin with. I mean, TNA doesn't have a house show schedule. They just tape television, and they tape maybe like three or four days out of a month, and that, that, that gets them maybe like two months' worth of TV, two or three months possibly worth of television, so um, in, a, in a couple of nights. So you're really working a limited schedule, so that means you have to go back on the indies. And, you know, Mysterio, his body is not cut out for that cut off for limited dates, but he also could work dates on his off days with, with companies that have TV deals. So if Mysterio wanted to sign with Ring of Honor and it happened to be a day he's not working for TNA, he could do that. TNA doesn't offer that kind of contract. So to me, that's like a desperate move, in my opinion. Um, Mysterio, I think he's probably better. He, I think he's a smart businessman. I think he knows what kind of money he could make elsewhere. And being kind of tied down to TNA, who... I'm not saying it's a sinking ship, but there's a bad reputation right now in the industry for working in TNA in terms of the morale and the atmosphere and the way it's run by management. I don't think Mysterio would want to be a part of something like that. Um, I think Mysterio just kind of wants to pick and choose, come and go where he pleases um, with, with you know, wrestling and, and, and limited dates and being a part of TNA and their central storylines. I don't think that's in the cards for him personally. And, and it, it just starts to scream the like the question again like what what is TNA doing and what are they going to do uh, you know moving forward I, I mean it's it's like this revolving door of talent um, you know and, and it's generally like when you hear a, a business is is having trouble paying their workers uh, financial strife whatever like it's usually like it's not too too far away from going under. You know, it's not, somehow every time it seems like TNA is, is on the verge of, of going under, somehow they, they uh, continue to exist. But um, we're never hearing good news uh, about what's going on behind the scenes in TNA. And I, and I don't mean that to be like bashing the company. It's just fact. I mean, that's what it's been like the past couple of years. Um, it's, it's been a long while that we've just been hearing financial woes behind the scenes with, with – uh, TNA, and you know, you, you just again with these these contracts, you know, and guys guys like Gunner leaving TNA. Uh, you know, we've seen Samoa Joe go. We've seen uh, 
uh, AJ Styles go? You know, who's going to be the next guy to, to leave TNA? Now that, you know, the rumors and they, they're throwing money at different, you know, former WWE stars, uh, you know, and now they're on a network with ROH and, uh, you know, a lot of wrestling fans, and we talked about it on the show, speculation of these two companies working together. Um, to me, that would be a very intriguing move uh, to see this happen. It would be intriguing creatively to see something like that happen. I would like to see that happen as a fan. Uh, but as, as, you know, someone who just uh, is intrigued about the business end of things, it, it's, I don't know, how much longer can TNA survive like this? Um. I don't know, but I will give them a chance based on the um, the, the news about uh, former Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan being a part of the creative team. Uh, the last set of television tapings, from what I've read, were already written well in advance, but that was Corgan's first night working with the company. Uh, so Corgan didn't have central control over the storylines that have progressed on TNA television recently. Um, the next set of television tapings, I believe, are this Wednesday night, and we'll have a live impact this Wednesday, and then they will tape um, several weeks of television in the coming days, and then you got the Slammiversary pay-per-view this Sunday. I think that will be when Corgan really gets full control over the storylines, and he had great success with um, Resistance Pro Wrestling out of Chicago, uh, as far as their creative director helped get them a, a TV deal with AMC at one time, but then that fell through. Um, I'm giving them a chance only because what else? What else could go wrong? You know what I mean? <laughs> they tried everything. Seriously, they tried everything. They brought in Hogan and Bischoff. Um, they had Russo at one point. The late American Dream Dusty Rhodes was their head creative writer in the early stages of when they got a television deal on Spike. I mean. They've tried a lot of things. What what could hurt having a, a, an outsider who's not in the wrestling business but who has such a passion for it and a love for it? What, what can hurt having him, you know, dip his, you know, his pen in the ink and, and, and start writing out shows for these guys? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm 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 optimistic. I'm I'm an optimistic wrestling fan to begin with. I'm optimistic that we may see some things turn around for TNA as far as creatively. I mean, you got to walk before you can run. And I think it'll be a rebuilding process in the next few years. I don't see them going out of business, but this whole late paying the wrestlers thing, that's got to stop soon because if they keep doing that, then you're going to have guys just walking out. And there are plenty of places to work now. So, Agreed. I mean, that's, that's just it. And, you know, maybe it's time, you know, maybe it's time for, for TNA to really, really, really strip down, uh, you know, their, their payload and, uh, just start developing like new guys and uh, cut down like the the amount of money that has to go towards salaries. Uh, who knows? I mean, I'm I'm no business mind, so I don't know. It's just uh, it's been really uh, interesting over the past. It's a long time that you know th- those rumors keep circulating of not paying the wrestlers, and uh, you know you keep hearing you know that. I mean, I, I think it was it was at least a year ago that we heard you know it was it probably was a little over a year ago that it was TNA will not make it out of 2014. You know, and now here we are in mid-2015, and then somehow, you know, this little engine that could uh, is still plugging away. So, I, I, again, I'm sure it's not the, the last we're going to hear this. Um, we'll see if TNA winds up making a big splash as Rey Mysterio is floating out there, and uh, maybe they're going to try and sign him. Who knows? Uh, but lots of interesting stuff uh, behind the scenes with um, contracts and uh, 
uh, where guys are going to wind up on screen as we get you set for Monday Night Raw uh, tonight, a little, just about 10 minutes away as we get set for Monday Night Raw. Uh, finally, the Beast, the Beast Incarnate returns. And Dave, I gotta tell you, man. I mean, talk about a complete 180 for me as as a fan. Um, you know, when when Brock Lesnar initially came back, I scoffed at it. I was like, I don't care. I don't care that Lesnar's back. Um, I didn't like the way he left. I was like, whatever, dude. You, you can, I, you know, I hope you leave shortly. You know, after you, you show up, I just I don't need to have you around at all. And uh, the work he's done has been stellar. Uh, he, you know, athletically and, and just uh, strength and everything he's brought to the table has been incredible. Um, his work with Heyman and Heyman being his mouthpiece has, has been nothing short of brilliant. Um, I love the way they, they've worked Lesnar's matches. Uh, they've made him, uh, uh, you know, no pun intended, but they've made him into a legitimate beast. Um, I'm not going to say still that I uh, 100% agree with him ending the streak, but 2020 hindsight as, as what they've been able to build in the character of Brock Lesnar, it has worked. I got to tell you, man, I kind of marked out a little bit when, when Lesnar came out last week on Monday Night Raw. I'm glad he's back in the fold. I'm glad Heyman's back in the fold. Uh, so it would be interesting to see where we go now with, with one Mr. Brock Lesnar. But I don't know about you, Dave. I'm sure you're probably on the, the same side of things. But this wrestling fan right here, I am psyched to have Lesnar back. I thought it was cool. I liked it. Um, and I will agree with you. I was not a fan of him coming back. I thought, oh, this is them, you know, this is WWE, you know, trying to, uh, you know, um, keep things fresh, and they're giving in to a guy that basically walked out on them. I was not, I, I mean, the only thing I was looking forward to were the matches that you were to have with certain guys, like a John Cena or a Randy Orton or even an Undertaker, you know. Um, and, you know, he had he's had two out of those three, you know, encounters. Um, and I look forward to, hopefully, they, they put him with Orton, but... I was like you. I was not a fan of him returning. I really wasn't. Um, and uh, you know, his over time, it's changed. I was not. I'll be honest with you. I did not like the rivalry he had with Triple H a couple of years ago. I didn't like the matches. I just didn't like the storyline. I thought it was. It just the, the the chemistry didn't click. You know, Lesnar's worked good with just about everybody, but the series of matches with Triple H, I was not a big fan of that. Um, and I. You and I were both there in New Orleans last year. We were not fans of when the streak ended. You know, we, we even said, why would they give it to a part-time guy? Why would they give it to the guy that walked out on your company over 10 years ago? And like you said, 2020, hindsight. I mean, look what they've built off of that. I mean, he's been marked. This is the best that he has ever been marketed, not only in professional wrestling, but in MMA and UFC, because he was marketed very well as a mixed martial artist. I mean, what they've done. And the, a lot of that credit goes to Paul Heyman. But you also got to give Brock a lot of that credit, too, because Brock is just a super natural freak of an athlete that really knows how to work, you know, his character, which is really an extension of himself. He's a freakish athlete, and they've marketed that so well. And I told you the story. I've mentioned it before on the show. 
when Brock first came back in 2012 and they gave him a microphone by himself and he repeated himself in that little contract signing with John Laurinaitis, he called Heyman up after that and he said, you got to come here. It's only going to work with you and me, otherwise I can't do this anymore. And they brought Paul Heyman back, and that's how it happened. So um, if it weren't for Heyman coming back with Lesnar, who knows how far Lesnar's you know, return run would have taken. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, this run now because I think the audience is going to treat him like a baby face, but they're not going to portray Lesnar and Heyman like baby faces. They're just going to let them do their thing and let the audience decide whether they cheer or boo, but they're not going to treat their characters as such. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brock Lesnar is going to be the ultimate tweener at this point, um, you know, and, and and it's it's cool, man. You know, and a lot of the reaction that I think the crowd is going to give to Lesnar is is directly, uh, you know, as a result of what uh, Seth Rollins has been giving us, and uh, you know, I I am really enjoying uh, what Seth Rollins is bringing to the table. Uh, his promo in Cleveland was awesome. Uh, you know, calling out Manziel was was great. Uh, you know, I, I, I well, what was that guy? About time somebody called out Johnny Manziel. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was awesome, though. I mean, it was such a classic heel promo. And I I don't know your thoughts, Dave, but like I'm not the biggest fan of of Rollins's promo work. I I, I don't think he's terrible. But uh, I, I never thought he like. I never looked at him and said, "Wow, that guy cuts a great promo." I really he enjoyed that it. promo in Cleveland. Like to me, that was the first time he cut a, a real promo that I was really into, and and I, I thought it was exceptionally good. He's standard. He's generic. Okay, he's like most of the guys on the roster. They all sound like robots, but with you know different voices. There's one guy on that roster. Actually, I should say, I'm sorry, two. There are two people on the roster who can cut killer promos, and that's Paul Heyman and Bray Wyatt. And everybody else is in third place, in my opinion. Um, but Rollins, he, he cuts a promo like a generic standard wrestler in today's landscape in WWE. But he did a good job um, with, with the promo that he cut on Monday night. And even the one on, on uh, Thursday, where he kind of downplayed how, um, how scared he was of Brock. That was like true chicken shit heel. Um, in my opinion, the stuff that he, he did Thursday night where he kind of downplayed Brock's return and not being scared of him. And I thought that stuff was cool. And everybody thinks that going into this match that Lesnar's going to take Rollins' head off and this is the end of Seth Rollins' title run. I will go on record as saying that what it wouldn't shock me if they had Rollins somehow squeak out a victory at Battleground against Brock Lesnar. But there's been all sorts of rumors as to what could happen from here to SummerSlam between Rollins and Lesnar, and somehow Kevin Owens has been named and thrown around, even Sheamus. So um, it's it's a very interesting time in the main event landscape in WWE because after that hot ending to WrestleMania where Rollins basically stole the belt from Lesnar and Reigns, um, and then Lesnar had that hot way to get you know to to, to end you know his his run before. Uh, before he just returned recently, when he when he took out everybody on that Raw in New Orleans, um, I mean, people were really anticipating seeing Brock back, and I think I think we're going to see some good stuff between the two of them. They got good chemistry together, Rollins and Lesnar. So I'm really looking forward to this singles match between the two of them because the last time they were in the ring together was you know WrestleMania, but even before that, the Rumble match with, when Rollins basically stole the show that night in the Triple Threat with with Cena. So um, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the match itself and, and the other variables that are thrown in uh, with, with, with Sheamus possibly cashing in and the whole situation with the authority. Um, the, the title picture storylines have been pretty good in the past few weeks surrounding Rollins. He's done a pretty good job. And the thing is, like, now at this point, there's multiple, like like you said, it's cool seeing all these different moving parts. It's it's cool, like, you know, on some levels, it's actually cool for the title picture to be a little bit muddied because you can't, you know, as a fan, you can't say, oh, they're definitely going in this direction. I mean, we'll do our picks when we do our, our pre-show um, for the pay-per-view, but I'm right there with you. I mean, as of right now, I mean, we'll see how this storyline develops, but I, I it wouldn't shock me even a little bit to see Seth Rollins I mean, I think they've done such a nice job. And like you said, he's he's doing this, like, classic chicken shit heel. You know, that's, uh, you know, we'll coin the phrase. I mean, that's what he's doing. And, uh, you know, to me, in, in, in some Weasley, wimpy way, he's he's going to finagle some sort of victory uh, at Battleground against Lesnar. Now, I, I don't doubt that at some point we're going to see that strap on Lesnar again. Um, and who knows where the title is going to go. And, you know, the... Real thing with with Rollins is going to be when he loses that title, where they go with his character after that. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Rollins come away with the victory. But as as we head into Monday Night Raw tonight, you know, further development we'd like to see as far as you know the Lesnar Rollins situation. What does this mean with with Rollins, uh, you know, relationship with the Authority? Uh, you know, Bray involving Roman Reigns is. Uh, daughter, we have that storyline going on. Owens and Cena, that's going on. The IC title, there's there's lots of interesting stuff. So uh, you know, it, it it's shaping up to be actually a decent Raw tonight, Dave. Yeah, it is, and I will you know uh, you know leave you with one little bombshell before we go off the air real quick. Wrestling Observer reported last week that there is talk of headlining SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar and Kevin Owens, and we can speculate on that next week, pending what takes place on tonight's Raw, but I mentioned earlier, Kevin Owens is a variable in this title picture. Tune in tonight. I have a feeling we might see some some foreshadowing towards SummerSlam. Bum, 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 and there you have it. Shaping up to be a great Raw. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, 1640 family and everyone who is supporting us for that. It is time for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, everybody.